Hey everybody, welcome back to Arcade Cozy. Because uh, life is hectic, why should your hobbies be too? Uh, my name is Chris. My name is Corey. And we are back at it again with episode number, what, 15? 15. 15, maybe technically 16. 15 though, I think, altogether. 15, yeah. 16 if you include our bonus yeah, episode. We're yeah. not. That's just, that's just a little bit something extra for us, for you guys. Quarter of the way to 60. On, right on the way, yeah. A quarter of the way, what are we, halfway to 30. We're five away well, from 20. I mean. And the next episode's 16, Corey. I and mean, then we're moving into fourths from there. Oh. Um, but Yeah. We are coming at you today with an episode dedicated to one of our uh, favorite uh, hard-to-find consoles. Um, Corey, what, what, are, what are we talking about today? Uh, what we're mainly talking about today is the year of life of what is the hardest console to find the playstation 5 yes um, the the chungus itself the, the ps5 daddy yeah oh lord she coming the reverse oreo so as we're recording this and as this episode comes out you know we're within a couple of days of the ps5 having released and um yeah, we wanted to celebrate it a little bit. I know, you know, we kind of mentioned it last week, but um, the Xbox Series X, Series S came out this week as well, mm-hmm. a couple of days earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of us, I mean, no no shade against Microsoft. I know a lot of people are very happy with their Series Xs and Ss, mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, but we, neither of us have played one. No. So we have no real appreciation for either of them currently. No. Um, so, but we do have experience, a relatively substantial experience with the PS5. Both of us got ours. I mean, it felt like a long time. Yeah. But both of us got ours within what the first month that it came out last year. Yeah. I had mine in time for, um, I think I got mine like the first week of December, second week of December last okay. year. That sounds yep. right. I definitely didn't have it. Um, during Thanksgiving in which at the time I had COVID. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. I, I got mine. Um, my my fondest memories of trying to get the PS5 were on breaks. I would time my break because I was in a position where I was working where I had a little bit more freedom of when I could choose to take a break. And um, I would time my breaks to hit when Walmart was having one of its drops. Yeah. So I would take my break and I would be ready to go and i think i can't remember exactly but i think i got it during one of those breaks it was from walmart and it was during one of those windows i can't remember exactly when or what but um yeah i did that multiple times and Mm -hmm. it took me very it seems like a very long time but i got mine a couple of days before thanksgiving i didn't get it i purchased it got it after 
Black Friday stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you and I both have been very fortunate in that regard where we, you know, we got PS5s before Christmas last year. We've had the opportunity to enjoy them. And so, you know, we're kind of in the position now where we can look back on a year and really give kind of a comprehensive take. Be able yeah. to say, like, mm-hmm. was has the PS5 been good? Has it been, how did it compare to the PS4s and 3s and 2s and 1s? And um, what uh, what do we see? What do, what do we see the possibility of it going further? Um, Corey, I mean, you know, right, right at the start of it, um, do you like your PS5? I love my PS5. Oh my gosh. I love it a lot. Um, Tell me about it. It is it's phenomenal. It's uh it definitely feels doesn't feel like a massive step up from the PS4, but everything that did take the step up is huge improvements, in my opinion. Haptic feedback on controllers. Mm, chef's kiss. Um I haven't really had any issues with any of my controllers. I know I've read some that people have had haven't quite had those, so I've been blessed in that mm-hmm. department. Yep. Um, it's lightning quick, um, lots of storage, and I really like the new UI that they put in um, compared to what the PS4 was. It's a lot quicker, yep. a lot more seamless, and more, I think, uh, user-friendly altogether. Yep. Just kind of being yep. able to pop between menus, between games, um, pulling up different stuff, changing settings on the fly as I go. Really solid. Yeah. Well, and um, before, yeah, I mean, before we dive too much into games i mean yeah that that is because i had my day one ps4 throughout i mean from day one to when the ps5 came out never got a ps4 pro never got a ps4 Mm. slim never got um never replaced it um fortunately just held on to it for you know seven years and still have it it's just not hooked up currently um but yeah i mean like the ps4 definitely by the end of that felt old it felt yeah. sluggish it felt um you know was a jet engine in a lot of respects when yeah. we were playing things like ghost of tsushima um yeah. last of us part two like just these games that were demanding everything from it you felt it and it was um the ps5 has been a substantial break in that department because it's i mean it runs quietly it runs smoothly it's snappy it feels good to navigate mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which you know again i mean not to not to always come from this perspective but like you know as a dad and having not a mm-hmm. not like not just the unlimited time to sit there through stuff like it's you do you do appreciate games and systems and services and just technology in general that optimizes really well because that gets you from point a to point b without having to just sit through it or slog through things and the ps5 feels that way feels great um i'm loving it now games also i mean yeah it's it is one of those things it's not a i mean year and a half ago last of us part two came out um very 
you know, technologically, like, huge technological powerhouse. Really huge game. Um, really great game, uh, mm-hmm. potentially, mm-hmm. you know, if depending on who you are. Um, but, you know, like, I, it's still, like, that looks better than a number of ps5 games potentially i don't know i mean i guess it depends on what you're running on but um you know the it wasn't a night and day difference the way that you might the way you might have expected in the past i mean i think we've kind of gotten away from expecting that they're going to be these huge leaps and bounds but whenever it comes to the looks department yeah i mean the games don't look too different than they did before the big Mm -hmm. i mean the biggest thing for me honestly um the thing that sold me initially and the thing that continues to sell me now is the performance of it Mm -hmm. i mean um i think you and i both being console gamers primarily um we don't have a lot of experience with like games running at 60 frames i mean that's a Mm -hmm. that's a big deal and i mean it's something that PC gamers kind of, I mean, they're like, yeah, of course. Like, I can run this at 240 frames. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, this thing basically, stuff's happening before I even do it. Like, it's so fast. Um, but for us, like, it has been a thing where we're just very used to 30 frames. Like, it's... And that's the best. Like, <laughs> playing games that are, you know just i mean even if they don't look that much better but hopping i mean one of the first games that i played on the ps5 was assassin's creed valhalla and having the like switching between performance mode and quality mode i mean Mm -hmm. it was like playing in quality mode felt like ass compared to performance mode yeah yes because it was this thing where like all of a sudden performance mode like i mean it, it's as if everything's coming alive for the very first time and your eyes are just open and colors are, you know, new and it's beautiful. And yeah, yeah I mean, and that has in this first year, like that's continued across the board. Um, you know, we'll talk about more of the games in a bit, but I mean, you look kind of down the lineup and all of these games, um, Ratchet and Clank, Returnal, like mm-hmm. these games mm-hmm. that have a lot going on that really pride themselves on fast, frantic action. It's like, yeah, they're hitting 60 frames, still keeping the same level of action. And it's just going and going and going with no break. And it feels that honestly, I think is the biggest selling point, not just to the PS5, but new consoles in general. This whole mm-hmm. generation is just that's the big jump for me having come from a base ps4 into a (laughs) ps5 is i mean sheer performance and how impressive that is yeah no i mean go speaking on ratchet i think specifically is where i think i i was playing most of the games up until ratchet at um, performance you know 60 frames per second um just kind of Want to be used to that, just like quick flow, yep, kind of into it with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I started out in, um, I guess like the graphics mode, and I didn't really yep. the it felt like a normal Ratchet game playing it, so I never really noticed, um, 
how would you word it? As slow as ass. Something played like ass. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it still played yeah. great. You know, there's tons and tons of UI, uh, not UI, AI on the screen all at once. Um, a lot's happening. Yeah. I think I played the, probably the first like two worlds on that. And I'm like, well, let's switch this over to performance. And oh my, the difference. What wasn't even night yeah. and day. Yeah. It was like comparing uh, the Sahara to the Pacific kind of a thing. It was. <laughs> It was such a huge jump. I'm like, why did I, why was I a fool to go and play it in graphics mode when I could be playing it like this, where it is just butter, just slick, smooth. Everything's quick. Uh, You use the word snappy a lot. I think that that describes it perfectly. And, oh, yeah. I mean, I would agree that. And I almost like, too, with games and consoles right now, you're not seeing a huge jump graphically. You know, I think The Last mm-hmm. of Us Part Two is probably the most one graphically impressive, but I guess realism in terms of graphics yeah. that we've gotten to. Yeah. And we talked about this back when this came out like a year and a half ago. Um, I think that's like my limit in terms of like I don't know if I want anything to look better than that because then yeah. we're, we're we're touching boundaries that I'm not comfortable with and that. Yeah. But. Um, and I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I do, I do remember us having that conversation that, yeah, I mean, I was worried going into Last of Us Part Two how I would handle it. Yeah. I was like, it feels a little too real. Mm-hmm. Like this stuff it seems like, at least from the trailers and everything, I was like, it seems like it could legitimately disturb me mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean i'm i'm right on board with you like yeah. the the graphic side of things is has become so much less important to me over time um and i mean i think it's kind of like cinema like yeah. you know movies the quality improves and i'm sure like whenever you're in it like there are small changes and you know to the techniques or the equipment that like, you know, people who are in it, they see the improvements. Yeah. No, but by and large to, to me, like a casual viewer, um, you know, movies in their quality aren't changing so much as it's how directors and how cinematographers are using the equipment that they have to be more creative and do things Mm -hmm. differently. And I feel like video games are at that point where it's like, not that people aren't pushing for better graphics, but I think the combination of, you know, some of the crunch that has been in the industry for a while um, and just kind of the, what seems like potentially like an upper threshold where it's like, what else can we do to actually make it look more real Mm -hmm. potentially quote unquote? Like I think there's more being put on having, bringing a unique experience to it and streamlining and optimizing the experience of playing a game as opposed to it just being, Oh, this is prettier. Oh, mm-hmm. this looks more real. Um, and you know, if you're listening to this, some people that does matter to them. Yeah. Some people, they want the games to look better and better every time they want it to look more real. And you know, that's valid. That's a thing. Um, but you know, Having played the PS5, at least on my end, like, you know, I think it is one of those things where, um, 
it definitely feels like the focus has been more put on like let's take these games and like yeah they'll look better they'll have more particles they'll do you know the lighting will be better all this kind of stuff but like let's just make the experience better Mm -hmm. like yeah and and that's been the most impactful thing to me i agree and i mean i don't need the hyper realism of graphics uh, graphic wise like i want it to look sharper prettier um what's the word um everything to like be less like ass less like ass yeah yeah but smoother like tighter um or smoother tighter ass smoother tighter ass yeah. yeah um but i think what playstation has gone for i think xbox is trying something similar um but again haven't played on it so i can't speak on it but um right. playstation i think they're trying to make their games not only visually very impressive, but the best place to play them and where it feels the best playing right. them. And I yep. think they have so far succeeded pretty well. I mean, looking at a lot of the titles that have come out since it's dropped, I mean, what we have Astrobot's Playroom, which yep. is an absolute delight of mm-hmm. a game. If you have a PS5, it comes free, pre installed on it. If you haven't played it, what are you doing? Go play it. <laughs> Um, it shows off the system and everything perfectly well, but it's just a joy to play the music, um, how it uses the haptic feedback and mm-hmm. the challenge of it all and reliving PlayStation history throughout it over one, two, three, and four. Yeah. Um, a lot of nostalgia and it was a lot, a lot of fun for that to be my first game on the console. Yeah. To just jump yeah. in, play that, relive all the other consoles. And kind of just step into what this new generation, next generation of gaming is. Right. Oh. That was my thoughts on Astrobots Labor Room. But you played it at a ton. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Astrobot or Astro's Playroom. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like it was, it was very much like a um, love letter to PlayStation. Mm-hmm history yes um and you know in a way is kind of a tech demo but it's also like a good platformer and a lot of fun and just like yeah you know has a has a joyful just a happy spirit about it you know and that's like there's i don't know like there's i like that kind of energy i like the mm-hmm. energy of going in and having <clears throat> having fun with yep. the game as oh, opposed so to much fun yeah, I mean, it just being this thing that's like, look at this joy, look at this happiness. We're so happy. We're fun. Like we're, you know, it's there's some people may be kind of turned off by games with that kind of vibe, but I loved it. I think it was great. Um, and I mean, legitimately, kind of speaking to that, and I mean, kind of the other games from that launch window. I mean, you had um, Bug Snacks, which was. Also, I mean, at the time, launched as like a PS Plus mm-hmm. download free yep. title. Um, you had Demon Souls, you had yep. Miles Morales, yep. um, and you know things like Assassin's Creed and things like Call of Duty. Um, yep. And honestly, I mean, one of the things that struck me legitimately having you know gotten a PS Five within that first month. And also having gotten a PS4 day one, PS5 lineup, I mean, 
it's not the most expansive in the world, no. but like the PS5 lineup, whenever I compare it to what I played in the first year on the PS4, I mean, I think the experience has been substantially better. I mean, I remember playing okay. um, my PS4 launch games were what Assassin's Creed Black Flag, yes, um, mm-hmm. Call of Duty Ghosts, Knack, yeah. um, Knack, and mm-hmm. within that window, I mean, what else? I mean, they had Resogun, also by. Res- uh, yeah. Housemark, Housemark, who made Returnal, one of my favorite just PS4 games in general. Beautiful. Love it. Um, but, I mean, within that, I played, I think, like, Dragon Age Inquisition. I played mm, Infamous Second yeah. Son. I played, like... Wow. Yeah. Like, there were some games, but I legitimately remember it being pretty light in that first year. Um, yep. And it does... I mean, in a lot of ways, it does feel like the PS5's kind of just really hit it. Like, they've just kind of come into it, and, like, even with COVID behind it, even with all this other stuff going on, um, that they're, like, really making some huge pushes at putting out some really good, really high-quality games. Um, and I agree, yeah. I, I love it. I mean, like, you know, Nintendo's had kind of a rough year and Xbox, you know, they've been, yeah. they've not rough had year. a ton beyond like Game Pass type things. Um, but, you know, Sony has really been bringing it and I hope that they kind of continue that along. Um, I mean, not to not to show your hand too much, Corey, into going mm-hmm. into like goatee conversations in the future, but like, you know, have you what what's been your favorite PS5 game that you've played oh, God, so far? My favorite? Oh I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week. It's probably it's probably been Deathloop, I would think. Um, I think Deathloop was I mean, it was just a blast to play. Gunplay, great. It ran so smoothly. I didn't have any or really any of like the crash issues that I know a lot of people had or like um, the game like freezing or dropping. I think I had it one time um, and it was when I wasn't doing anything really important either. And so I think overall, in terms of gameplay, story, minus the last like little bit. Um, and all around just joy, I think Death Loop um takes the cake. But I will say that Demon Souls comes in at a tight, tight second. Um, that probably probably would have been my game of the year last year had it not been for Hades. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean it and it makes me super happy. I mean I don't know the the whole like developer acquisition by everybody where like I'm kind of in the camp of I don't love any one person getting everything, um, mm-hmm. you know, Disney with their empire um, and and now I mean, kind of with Sony and, and Microsoft snatching up a bunch of developers. I don't love that, but um, I am very happy that Sony is investing a lot in Bluepoint 
games who made demon souls and you know who Mm -hmm. are essentially like the the remake kings at this point (laughs) because yeah um demon souls was yeah demon souls shadow of the colossus i mean they are top tier remakes and demon souls itself was i mean a blasty blast i loved it it was tons of fun tons of fun in quotes um it's also a souls game so it's yeah it's well i mean i'm not you are between the two of us you are the souls guy if we're putting that there yeah yeah i don't play a ton of souls games uh i played almost trying to think i've played almost all the souls games but i've only finished one and that is demon souls yep and as some as your resident i guess non player who doesn't enjoy games getting super difficult demon souls i found very manageable very fun it was it was a game of one it it teaches you the mechanics early on and it never really deviates from that either it never expects you to do anything more uh you can learn you can pick up magic that makes the game far more easier but in terms of the normal like moving down a hallway shield up Stab, stab, shield up, stab. That never really changes. And it turns yeah. into a very fun chess game or checkers game, not even chess. Yeah. I would, yeah. To where it's, you memorize the pattern. It only takes probably two to three tries, I would think, for some of the shorter ones. And yeah, you just kind of roll from there uh, outside the swamp area. Yeah. The swamp area. Get, no, get your duck noise ready for the swamp area. Yeah. yeah. Um well, and I mean, yeah, it that that was one of the big things because neither of us had played Demon Souls prior to No. Never played on PS3. Um but yeah, I mean, kind of speaking to that, um, even for me who has played more Souls games like Demon Souls um whole like set up where it wasn't just one big world that you were navigating. Mm-hmm. And if you get stuck in this area, then you're just kind of, you know, sucks to be screwed. You. Yeah. Um, maybe there's another area you can wander off and find, but that was the kind of the nice thing with demon souls was it, you know, there were five places mm-hmm. you could go and like, yeah, I mean, there was a, there was kind of a, you know, if you were really far in one area and hadn't started another, the one that you haven't started yet was obviously going to give you an easier time. Mm-hmm. But you had the option if you were beating your head against the wall in one spot, you could move. You could go over here, yeah. you could try something else. And like, yeah, for somebody who didn't have a lot of experience, like, um, and again, coming from somebody who does, like it was something that felt very freeing. Like it felt yeah. it it gave it was good. Some level of accessibility. Anytime I got frustrated, like you said, I would just bounce to a different area. I, I mean, you you followed along while I was playing. I, I was very lucky in a few regards with that game too. Uh-huh. Um, with the uh, man eater boss fight, mm-hmm. I had summoned somebody, and they essentially just like helped me the whole way through, yeah. and helped me beat man eater. Yeah, which for my my understanding, a lot of people have played that is a very difficult one. Yes. Boss wise, because you can you're high up on ledges and you can get tossed essentially and you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never had that problem because there was two of us and we were just kind of bouncing around. And then I somehow got good 
Um, oh, did you know? Be- well, do you remember that? I, I beat. <laughs> um, oh, what's his name? Flame. What's the second boss's name in the mines? Oh, the um, yeah, the flame worker. Yeah, the yeah, I remember. Is he it flame worker? Something like that. I can't remember. He well, he's I, like the de facto like hardest demon souls boss. Well, I beat him my first try. I, so. I do remember that. <laughs> Big G gamer. Burr, 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 burr. Clap, clap, I, I think clap, clap. I, I, I cheesed it big time. I did like the fire yeah. resistance and mm-hmm. had the like the ring, the magic regeneration spell. That's not cheesing. That's that's called strategy. I mean, it's, it's called strategy, but I just spammed strategy. him. I just yeah. spammed him. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you are stuck on flame marker or got there, just toss on the fire resistant magic and just spam him from a distance with the yeah. basic magic like missile. I yeah. promise it will make your life so much easier. Um, but it, yeah, demon souls. Yeah. Souls. I mean, back, I mean, the PS back to PS five specifically. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's one of these things where like the potential for what the PS5, similar to the PS4, I mean, you know, you don't look at Knack and comprehend that within the same life cycle, you will see Ghost of Tsushima. Um, right. You know, you don't, we don't know in seven years what it's going to look like, where the, where the PS5 is going to go. Um, but, you know, personally, I'm, I'm really excited to see what developers do because, you know, like we were saying, I think we are mm-hmm. kind of in the position where they're incentivized to take more, to be more creative and to do mm-hmm. new things and not just make it be, oh, it's prettier. Or, oh, there's, you know, better ray tracing or they're better particle effects or whatever. It's like, let's do something, you know, whether it is with the haptic, with the dual sense and the haptic feedback mm-hmm. and, um, or what specifically, but like, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes. Um, COVID's I imagine been really tough on some of the developers. And so like, I think we're, fortunate to even have this yeah. level of um polish on some of these games at this point yeah um but i for one i'm very excited to see going forward i mean i you know i think it's um you know i don't i don't know that i don't know that i have much else to say about the ps5 honestly because it is this thing where it's like i have just generally been happy i've enjoyed it um i hate that like other people have had a lot of trouble yeah. getting it um, and having the opportunity to enjoy it. Um, is it a necessity? No. Um, no. Are there some really good games that are available for it exclusively? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Are there a bunch of those? No, not yet. No, <laughs> but, no not yet. Um, so, but, I mean, it is, it is one of those things where like, it depends on what you're into. It depends on, the reason that you're getting it, but you know, I'm in the position where it's like, Hey, if you can find a PS five, get a PS five. There's, um, there's some good stuff. Good stuff. I agree. A thousand percent. And I think, you know, kind of looking ahead and looking behind as well. I mean, they've done the PS five and Sony have done great with their big titles that have come out, you know, Miles Morales, 
so good. Probably going to replay it for Christmas. You have uh, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Um, yep. Big title, a lot of fun. You know, Sony Classic, PlayStation Classic. Super yep. great. Demon Souls, the remake as well. Incredible. What I think I'm most excited about, and what I've been enjoying a lot, is them, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but investing in the studios, regardless yep. of what you think between Nintendo, Xbox, and Sony, I think one of Sony's biggest highlights is that they are investing um, into a lot of these smaller studios, a lot more of these indie studios, and you're seeing great games come out of it. I mean, we're looking at Bug Snacks that came out there doing the DLC Big Snacks coming here in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, I, I don't think it moved a ton of units, but I know um, I have friends who played it, friends who have loved it. I haven't beat it yet, but I very much enjoyed it. Um, I'll probably play Big Snacks. Um, but then you also have, you know, how smart comes in makes Returnal a great, great game that's like very widely loved. A lot of people like it. A lot of people are enjoying it. And then you have um, games coming out too. I mean, Solar Ash is coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, well, I guess like two months now in December. Um, a single month. Well, there you a go. month. One oh, month. God, yeah, it's November. <laughs> um, but. You know, you see them investing in um, these studios making games. Cana Bridge of Spirits. We both just played it a couple weeks back. We yep. both loved it. Um, I'm very, very excited to see what comes out of those investments. I mean, we know God of War Ragnarok is going to be amazing. We know yep. Horizon Forbidden West is going to be amazing. We know these big AAA titles that are coming are going to be good. They're going to be worth it. They're going to be that $70. You're going to love it. But... I am pumped to see over the next probably two or three years where these investments that they're putting into the fruition of what's going to come out of that, these great games. Because, I mean, looking back on my year of gaming, I've played a lot of older, not older games. I went into my backlog, so I've played games like Hollow Knight, Celeste, um, Journey for the first time. A lot of these games that still hold up to this day, they're from these indie developers. And these are incredible games, and it makes me very makes me want to play more of those, yep. and to see more of what's going to come out of that. And I think Sony's not; they might be leading the way. I don't know. I can't look. Um, I mean, Xbox has Game Pass going for it, which is a phenomenal service. But I don't know. I'm just pumped to see all of these quote unquote indie games come through, and like what they're going to bring to the table. Because I think yeah. PlayStation has done a great job investing in those in the past and is continuing to do so, specifically for the PS5. So, yeah, sorry, and I, that was a lot I mean, there. No, I mean, I, I am hopeful that that's the case. Um, you know, I think that the, I think that the last couple of years have shown a shift toward like indie support on mm-hmm. Microsoft's end, um, which I mean is great for a yeah. lot of small indie developers. I mean, whenever you look back, like the rise of the rise of like console led kind of like indie development um, kind of was born with Xbox live arcade and, you know, summer mm-hmm. games and like all these kind of like where games like braid and super meat boy and all these kind of games came out. Um, and yeah, during like the PS three 
early PS4 era, um, indies like really kind of shifted over. It seemed like like there were a lot of really good exclusive um, PlayStation led um, yeah. indie games. But yeah, I mean now, and I guess that that's that is a little bit my worry being somebody who is more invested in Sony consoles is I've seen a little bit of that shift where it does seem like Microsoft. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're seeing games, um, some of them coming over to PlayStation later, but you're seeing that combination of games that are hitting Xbox, like death's door Mm -hmm. or, um, I can't remember what moon glow Bay, I think recently came out. Um, it's like a voxel fishing game, you know, really yeah. chill, really would love to play it. Um, but neither do I have a PC or a, an Xbox. And, um, you know, I think the combination of Microsoft investing in game pass and having that accessibility on PCs and Xboxes, um, and also doubling down on a lot of these studios where, yeah, they're getting the Bethesda's, but they're also getting the double fines and yeah. they're getting like, um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, I think Sony definitely has the, um, strongest like PlayStation studios mm-hmm. umbrella, um, as opposed to like, cause I mean, under Microsoft's like first party umbrella, you know, I I don't think it has the same level of heft. You know, I mean, Halo's great and Gears of War is great and Forza Horizons is great. Um, but when you stand it up against like Horizon and God of War and mm-hmm. Ratchet and the Spider-Man games and now Wolverine and you have mm-hmm. like um, just, you know, Blue Point Studios and you have Housemark now and you have like all Sucker of these punch. developers, Naughty Dog, who are yeah. like putting out juggernauts in the industry yeah whenever it comes to triple a big budget games i think sony has a b but you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see with ps5 like how well they court strong indie developers and how you know if they double down on well we're just going to make the big games or if they're really going to invest in trying to support um a lot of smaller stuff too which i hope they do um but you know, it's, it's hard to tell who knows. Um, you know, I, I do think that's where Microsoft has the edge at this point is their, you know, their Xbox game pass has paid off in that regard. 1000%. Um, Yeah. Where they're, um, creating value in what they're doing. Um, so I don't know. I kind of, I feel like I just started rambling for a while. That kind of got away from me, but, um, yeah, I mean, Go ahead. No. no, real quick. Top three PS5 games that you've played so far. Um, I would say Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I would say um, Death Loop, probably. Um, I would say, I don't know. I would say Demon Souls. Demon Souls was very impressive. Um, you know, and I mean, that isn't to undercut like Returnal or Kana or, you know, even like, I mean, it's, it's not a PS5 exclusive or anything, but like Tales of Arise playing now, I mean, Mm -hmm. like even like that feels 
next level in comparison to other Tales games um, and feels just a joy to play. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I did not, unfortunately. I uh, Yakuza like the like I said like the dragon like a like dragon the dragon um, like the dragon. Um, I played the PS4 version, yep. and because I was too impatient to wait for the PS5 port, um, so I did not have the opportunity to play that in a smooth, silky 60 frames. If I had, that might be my it's, it's greatest good. game ever of all time, forever. But who knows? Um, I didn't, so now I don't know. But oh wow! Do you have anything else to add, Corey? Any uh, any other any other thoughts about the PS5? Any um, loving sonnets you would like to recite for the audience? Uh, none that I uh, feel comfortable enough to recite um, here at the moment. I think you can hear my dog um, just like inhaling a gallon of water in his bowl on <laughs> the other side of the room. <laughs> Um, it's okay. I'm sorry we're, about that. We're we're uh, all right there. We're we. Go. Oh yeah. Everyone tell Dexter hey. Um, but uh, last thoughts on PS5. I've loved it. It's been a great year. It's brought me um a lot of happiness in a year of change. You know, uh, this whole year. You know, in look to my life. New oh. job. Bought a house. Got married. You know, it's been a lot of change and it's been PS5 has been a change, but it's always been the consistent thing that it's always been for me, which is a a comfortable, quiet place for me to be and and to enjoy incredible stories, which PlayStation continues to provide and will continue to. So shout outs to Demon Souls, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart and Deathloop. Y'all be great. There's plenty of others in there. Kana. Bridge of Spirits, yeah. but the, it's been, the real been ones, a, as we yeah, like to call it's been them. a great, great year. You'll hear more about my favorite games in our goatee discussion oh, yeah. later in a couple weeks. Yeah. But yeah, PS5, keep on keeping on. You know, we have uh, Horizon Forbidden West coming next year. We have God so of War pumped. at some point in the future. Um, so we have, West. you know, we'll have. Uh, There's a Tsushima 2. Ghost of Tsushima uh, 2. We'll have uh, Spider-Man 2. We'll have uh, Wolverine. We'll have... Uh, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. We'll have uh, that game, The Forspoken. I can't Forsp- remember. I just remember. I can't <sighs> yeah. believe I just remembered that name. <laughs> yep. Forspoken, Final Fantasy 16. Yep. You know, but that's a decade from now, so... Yeah. Um... Trying to think. Oh, uh, little devil inside. Because uh, oh, yeah. that just, just sorry, that just that. no, yeah. that looks really good. Yeah. Um, uh, trying to think what else is coming soon. I have a bunch of stuff saved in like my wish list, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Um, big titles coming. I'm sure something from Naughty Dog is coming next year, the year after. Um, yeah. They have their, um, they have their uh, Uncharted collection of Four and Lost Legacy mm-hmm. coming to PS Five, but beyond that, nothing huge. Maybe a rumored yeah. Jack and Daxter. I don't know. I don't think there's that, a rumor. That's not happening. As much as I want it to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um. But 
Corey, I mean, you know, we've, we're looking at the past, we're um, looking backwards, but we also want to keep, keep on keeping on, talk about the present, talk about the present as it moves into the past and what the future as it becomes the present will look like in the past. Um, so we are going to take a quick break, Corey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, yep. I want to, I want to hear about what you've been playing. I want to hear the things that have been tickling your fancy for the last, uh, okay. I want to hear them. We will be right back after this. All righty. We are back and, uh, I, I am going to give you the floor, Corey, because, um, I have played all of maybe five minutes of a game in the last, well, in the last week or so. (laughs) It has been, it has been a week, um, all in caps and all just space a week, just all it's long. It's just a lot of stuff. And so I don't have much really to, yeah, I don't have much to really update people. on. so I want to hear about you, Corey. I think you've had a much more eventful week. Tell me about it. So, I mean, game wise this week has mainly been focused on a voice of cards, uh, the Isle of Dragon roars. Such, oh yes. The voice of dragons mouthful. in the Isle of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, to update like where, where I'm at, I am on the final boss fight right now. Um, nice. It is clearly the final boss fight. Um, we'll get into it. Clearly. In a bit. Is it- yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a bone to pick. Um, <laughs> with but, with him <laughs> no not or with, with him, the game <laughs> with we're going to get to it in a bit but i have a bone to pick for jrpgs just in general oh um, wow this is this feels like a bigger episode you, you have heard it, it you've heard this argument before but overall on the game though i like it it's a good game uh nothing super um I don't know. Nothing super grab it, grabs your attention. Nothing is like very, mm-hmm. very well done. I think it's just a neat way to spin the JRPG formula. You know, you have your party of adventures, your party of would be heroes, kind of a thing as you traverse across the world trying to rescue um, the world from this dragon that has now seemingly returned. You know, you meet more people, you kind of get stronger. There's some backstory on some characters. Some is just, well, I'm super in debt and um, I need to make some money. So I'm going to come along with you kind of a thing. And that's their whole character. Um, But overall, like I said, it's good. Um, You're you play as these cards. I went to last week and your battle system is you have gems to spend uh, instead of mana or magic points. And you can have up to 10 gems at a time and certain actions take anywhere from one gem to five gem to use. Um, And so that's kind of the combat system. The chapters, there's seven chapters. Uh, The first four are really, really short, probably only like four or five hours all together. But the last three, I'm now at the 12 hour mark. The game is probably about 10, 12 hours, I would say. Okay. Now that I'm at the end, the last three are the final, I guess, like seven hours. Um, very long dungeons, like multiple, multiple levels. You traverse the world by moving your little like chess piece over cards. 
Okay. And all these dungeons now towards the end have different light mechanics to where you'll either fall through the floor. Um, you're trying to find secret doors through these, these mazes or there's lava that like gets in your way and you have to like loop your way around. And my combat's quick. It's easy. Um, it's kind of fun. Um, uh, fine. There's like one move where you can essentially do like quadruple damage and it takes like a turn to set up. It's very satisfying to do. You do like a hundred something damage in one go. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I've been able to like have you, have something you else say going that on it's in the background and playing it. Like you don't have you to put in a ton must. of attention to it. Like I said last week, I think it's a six and a half. It's a seven out of ten. It's mm -hmm. a, it's just a solid game. It's not great. It's not amazing, but I've enjoyed it. Like I said, fun little twist on JRPG. Um, you have a narrator who's describing all the interactions, all the conversations. Um, it's a very like crude game at times. Huh. Um, just like, like I said, there, like everything has like some sort of layer to it. Something super sinister to it. Like you go, there's like this quest where you go and save this monster and you bring it back to this guy and say, like, Oh, sweet. And let me treat you to dinner, dinner kind of a thing. And then. You eat dinner and he brings out this dessert and it's and it has like this slime that's similar to what the monster was. And you're like, is this is this Mr. Fluffy? And he was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I needed it to make dinner. And you're like, what the, you know, yep. kind of a thing. And she's yeah. like, but Mr. Floppy, I just saved him. <laughs> He's like, and I thank you for it. Now dig in. And um, so it's very whimsical in that nature. Um, Short game. Um, I like it. I think you would like it a lot. Um, I, I still attest that. Um, but my biggest gripe, which is my biggest gripe with every JRPG, we've had this discussion many a times, the bone-crushing difficulty spikes for the final bosses just grinds my gears through the roof. What? Who? hurt you and that's why i need to ask these jrpg developers to make a game yeah. so easy so simple you know the the level of progressions very straightforward throughout the game then it gets to the end it's like well guess what you're about to get absolutely smacked you're gonna get hit into next week you thought this game was easy guess what i'm about to show you who's boss and i hate it, <laughs> it uh, can i yes interrupt me i I will get too far on this train if you don't. Oh, uh, can I just, I mean, potentially wonder, are you just bad at JRPGs? Maybe. Um, I might just be bad at them. I don't know. I do have a bad habit of just like not buying items. And this is my issue with Nino Kuni. Not buying items that get to the end. It's like, you really should have like, you know, 20 revives kind of a thing. It's like, I don't have them because I use them. You know, to, to Nino Cooney's credit, you did tell me that you did not fill out any of the stamp cards. I did. I did not. I had filled up like 40 of the stamp cards. Well, to voice of cards credit, the game is shockingly easy throughout. Yeah. Um, you get like the combo mechanics down and like how to buff and debuff like, and it's very straightforward. 
And I think this final boss is very straightforward. It's just out damaging me and I don't have the revives to go. Cause one thing that I would say that um, the party makeup, once you kind of figure it out is pretty straightforward. There's like one clear combination that's better than all the rest. Um, but none of the party members have the ability, at least to my knowledge, I might not be at a high enough level. Um, none of them have the ability to revive another party member. You can only hit heal. Um, you'd have to go buy that item, which I think is a very big, sl- uh, like misstep, uh, development wise. Um, to my understanding though, again, I think all my characters are like 27, 28. None of them have it. Okay. Um, and I looked it up, uh, the recommended level for the area is, uh, like 27. So I'm there. I can go back and grind more if I wanted to, but I really don't want to. I hate grinding. Grinding is just not fun to me. Um, well, and I mean, to your point, I mean, legitimately like JRPGs, can have that issue i mean some don't some some legitimately have like good smooth curves or at the very least um like there's room for you to like correct yourself Mm -hmm. like having to essentially scrap your save and i mean i think that's one of the biggest i think that's why it's so frustrating in a lot of cases is because jrpgs in a way are like when you make some of these choices, you sometimes get locked into some of them. Um, and you get to like an end boss or something like that. And when it comes down in some respects down to, okay, did you, did you spec this outright? And (laughs) are you the right level? Because if you're not, then the numbers aren't going to be right. And you're just going to lose. And yeah, like, I think that's, I think something's goes wrong if that is the case, if a game like does kind of put you in that position where it's like, okay, literally at this point, there's nothing I can do to actually like beat this guy. There's no amount of strategy or no amount of whatever. It's just the numbers aren't there. And like I messed up, but the game didn't tell me like, I think that the game did something wrong in that regard. But, um, yeah, I mean they that it is a tough part of that um entire genre of games is that most of them do have that at some point where yeah. you know it's um where you have to kind of like all of a sudden start like potentially grinding or the very late good Um, as opposed to it just being, okay, well, now you're just too low level. You have to grind now. Um, I think the you know good JRPGs kind of take it more as an approach of like, hey, you've had these skills for a very long time. You're just not using them right. You need to, yeah. like, think. <laughs> you can do it. You just need to think. Like, um, so, yeah. It's a... Uh, no, go ahead. I'm... Oh, you, you, will, you will laugh now, too, because with all my complaining there honestly is a simple fix i think one of the best parts of this game is because it is a full cardboard Mm -hmm. is like the whole map is cards 
And one of the best, I think, mechanics of the game is that you can jump. So any all the cards are face down on the world map until you um, go over them. Then it flips over. And so you can jump to any card that you have flipped over on the map. So theoretically, I can jump all, my, all the way out of a dungeon. It would take a bit, but I could jump from one end to the other, one end to the other, one end to the other, one end to the other. And then I'm all the way out, jump back to a village, stock up on all the items I need, and then just jump my way back in. It would take, wouldn't take long. It would just be kind of annoying. And so all my complaining, there is an easy solution to it. I'm just stubborn. Um, you're so what you're telling me is that you're just a big, a big baby, and you, yes, you, <laughs> I'm sitting here like there's gotta be. I got him down, and so it is crushingly difficult in that it is a four phased boss fight that the boss starts at maximum health each phase, and you don't ever restart at like your top health if that makes sense you could finish a phase at like five five and eight hp and now he's back at 300 and you're wiped the first turn kind of a thing um so because uh, it goes like it's like 150 to 200 to 300 150 120 extra like parts to it kind of a thing all at once and you're like what it, it it is a huge difficulty spike. So, but again, I I could jump and easily get the items to like keep myself alive for it. But well, and I'm not um, legitimately don't uh, listener don't think I'm being trying to be mean to Corey. I think Jay game. No, he is. He is. <laughs> Plenty of games do this, and like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating to get into that situation. I guess that, I mean, that is a fortunate thing that the game does give you a little bit of an out, that it does yeah. give you the option not trapped there. Um, so, it's a, I mean, that's a positive. I'm, um, yeah. It makes me, you know, I'm still, I, I would like to play it. I think you'd enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, voice of cards all around. Good game, six and a half, seven. Fun twist. If you're interested, I would say there's demos for it. Go play the demo, see if you like it, and yeah, go go check it out if you're up for it. But uh, that's really about been all I've played um, this week. Uh, yeah, that's been kind of my main focus. I wanted to wrap it up, wrap up one of the three games I'm playing, you know, and I probably will uh, sometime tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll probably... I actually just go back, get the revives and a couple more healing potions and come back and do my thing. You got, sir, that's, so that's most of what you've been playing. Yeah, that's, that's really about it. Um, I don't think I, I mean, I played a little bit more FIFA, um, worked my way through a little bit more of deep nest and hollow Knight. Um, but nothing really to, nothing really to add on any of that. So, okay. Yeah. Well, Tell me, tell me a little bit, just tell me something extra. Tell me my extra bits again. Uh, I, I may be able to pull something out of my booty here, but, um, I'm woefully unprepared. Uh, no worries. What, what, what do you have for me today? Uh, 
So last weekend, I got to go see the new MCU release of Marvel's Eternals, um, which was review bombed big time. I think it's sitting in like the 50s something on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, I, they got it wrong. That's It's a great, great movie, in my opinion. It, it, uh, I mean, first of all, Richard Madden's in it. He plays Icarus. Love the man. Beautiful. Um, but all I mean, all around the cast is phenomenal. It brings a lot of diversity, um, to, I guess the superhero genre in that regard. Um, I think it was a great step for Marvel to finally kind of break out of the mold of the typical white male leads. And I say that speaking as I, of the white male lead of, Richard Madden, but there's also Gemma Chan, who is essentially the main character throughout the movie. You, it's really her story that you follow um, throughout. And then there's the remaining Eternals, who are, there's 10 of them, it's one giant family. Um, They're these immortal aliens from a distant planet who have come to Earth to protect the Earth from deviants, which are these life forms that hunt. Um, Intellectual creatures, essentially. Um, that's what they were created to do. Um, and so, yeah, it's them coming to the to Earth to do that. I mean, full cast. Um, overall, we're looking at Samala Hayek. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. She's been in a fair, fair number of things. You mean Selma? Selma, yes. Selma, you say yes, Samala? I'm horrible at pronouncing names. We learned this last week with Mulaney. Uh, yeah. Um, Don Lee plays Gilgamesh, which is a phenomenal. He is like um, the not the Hulk, but like super strong dude. Like he punches. He punches real hard. He punches super super hard. Um, Kumal um, Nanji. Nanjiani, yeah, um, love him. Um, he's in the movie The Big Sick. It's my wife's favorite movie. Phenomenal, phenomenal movie. It's uh, it's pretty sad, but it's also very uh, very hopeful, very joyful at times. Have you ever watched Silicon Valley, Corey? No, I've never watched Silicon Valley. Should I? That is, um, that's where I saw him first. I mean, probably. I mean, I doubt that was like his first thing, but I think that was kind of where most people saw him. Okay. Um, I love Silicon Valley. I mean, Silicon Valley has its, it's very much like a lot of yeah, penis jokes and a lot of, like uh, it's, it's that kind of thing, but it's, it's actually like also right. really funny and really smart and, you know, has, um, I think is very good. Um, he's in it. Very good in there. Yep. Uh, Dinesh Kuthrapali in uh, Silicon Valley. Go check him out. Um, but yeah, also in the Big Sick and also very good. And also in, um, I can't remember what it's called, Corey. Uh, keep talking. There's another yep. movie that was on Netflix. It was like a rom com, but also like murder. I know what you're talking about. Lovebirds. Lovebirds, Lovebirds. Yeah, he was in yeah. that. That was also good. I like that. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, Lauren Ridloff, who plays um, Makari, which is like 
not the Flash, but Super Speedster. Um, what I thought was pretty neat with there is that uh, the character and the actress is deaf and used a sign language in the movie, and she used a sign language. Um, and it was I remember really cool. hearing about her. I could yeah, it's, I didn't wasn't sure which character she was, but mm-hmm. well, she's deaf because of the sonic booms she makes when she runs fast. That that's the reasoning behind the thing, to my understanding at least. Um, and then there is Brian Tyree Henry who plays Fazatos, which is essentially like the genius of the Eternals, um, who also represents the first um shown on screen gay marriage. And that was really cool. And his character is phenomenal. It's uh it's their seven thousand year journey on Earth, and his is probably one of the toughest ones as he invents stuff to progress humanity forward, which includes weapons. And he is one of within the MCU, he is one of the creators of the atomic bomb. And it's like what breaks him essentially. And he like leaves the eternals in that, but it follows them throughout and it offers decent twists through the story. But I think it offer it asks a lot bigger questions that it, that it, um, it shied away from in the, end it wasn't a movie where it's like okay we have to stop the deviants the deviants are almost the side plot um to the story without spoiling too much but it it goes into very moral and very gray areas um similar to something like the trolley um problem it kind of tackles that situation um and i think it does it decently well too and it kind of looks at different views from all the characters I liked it a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, without it having the Marvel tagline on it, and without the without them mentioning Thanos like once, you would never know it's a Marvel movie, which I really appreciate. It feels very Phase One ish of the MCU, um, coming off of Shang Chi and then moving into the Eternals. It's a bunch of new heroes, a bunch of new characters. Uh, I really dug it. You should go see it. I think you'd like it a whole whole lot. Um, I'm I'm. That's interesting that you. I mean, I. It's not like I've heard a ton of. I mean, most of the stuff that I've heard, people have been pretty lukewarm. I mean, about. Um, I don't think I've heard. Hate. I've heard who's genuinely really enjoyed it. There's also um, Barry Cogan. Cogan. Uh, he's an Irish actor. He was in The Green Knight, which I saw also earlier this year. Phenomenal in it. He's also phenomenal in The Green Knight. Go see The Green Knight if you haven't seen it yet, guys. You also want to see The Green Knight. It's so. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, I think. I know. I want to see it. My go, wife go doesn't see like it. movies. You can't. You you know this. I do know this. I. But The Green Knight's good. <laughs> It's so good. Um, also, the tale of I, the Green Knight. Do what? Do you know the Tale of the Green Knight? Have you read it? Yeah, yeah. I I okay. read it in, in high school, college. Yeah, Sir Gawain. Um, well, it's yeah, in the, the movie. Um, it's Sir Garwin. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, side note: Before we move on, I didn't realize that. Um, what was his name in the movie? Fazatos. Fazatos. Yeah. Um, he is, he's, uh, Pip-Boy from, um, Atlanta. 
Do you ever watch Atlanta? Atlanta? I have not seen Atlanta. I want okay. to. Yeah, Atlanta with um, Charles Gambino. Yeah, Charles Gambino. Um, he also a f- phenomenal show, and um, he was very good in that as well. So I want um, to watch Atlanta. Yeah. Um, neat. Awesome. Yeah. You got yeah. anything else? No, that's about it. Um, you haven't seen Dune? Go see Dune. Go read Dune. Read God Emperor of Dune. You need you need to well first of all you need to read Dune Dune Messiah then Children of Dune then read God Emperor of Dune. Don't worry about Heretics or Chapter House. Yeah, the um the my my extra bits this week um watched uh watched the Undoing on Ooh. Max yeah. HBO yep. yeah Hobo Max as we call it mm-hmm. in this household. Um, it was. It was good, um, if not kind of, I, I don't know. It was, it was, journey was very enjoyable. The okay. destination was pretty uh, toast, white bread, uh, not, not the best. Um, but really i mean surprisingly for a show that i mean if you don't know what it is because i didn't really either um it's just basically there's a it's very rich white i mean not very very but rich white people um in kind of like i guess new york large city um their kids go to a private school and um, one of the mothers of one of the children there is murdered brutally. Um, and she has like, she has a connection to some of the parents and some of the like teachers and, you know, her son's recently started going there. Um, and I feel like I'm describing it kind of poorly. Um, it, it sounds very much like just kind of a generic one of these where it's like there's normal life and like these, these people are from a different class and whatever. And then somebody enters their class from below and then all of a sudden they're murdered. And who did, was it the rich white man or was it the other white lady or, you know, that kind of stuff. This this sounds like, um, Oh, what's that show? I'm trying to look it up now. Oh, what is it? We've watched it like two or three times. Oh. It has Reese Witherspoon. Big Little Lies. It looks like Big Little Lies. That's that's what it sounds like. It it has a lot of Big Little Lies energy about it. Like feels it's it's not in the same way. Like it doesn't deal with because Big Little Lies is very much has to deal with a lot of like racial tensions yeah. and stuff of that because the woman who's murdered in it. Um well, I'm not going to, I don't know. It, don't spoil it. I, I think Elizabeth wants to watch it. So. Yeah, I, I won't say more than that. It's, I mean, it, it feels like if you're watching it, it's, it feels obvious who it's going to be, but I won't. Yeah. I mean, like it's, um, but I mean, it's, it's less really about that. It doesn't really dig in more into um, psychological aspects and like, is the person that you know really the person that you know? Um, right. And like how 
could live with a person for years and years and years and then be a different person like that kind of yeah kind of the psychological unrest of like your world being up turned upside mm-hmm. down essentially and like you know the the tumultuous nature of being like a white person in upper class America whose world's turned upside down all of a sudden like that kind of stuff deals more with like the class stuff rather than the race um but does have kind of like big little lies what am I big little what am I big little oh, big, big little lie okay yeah that that is I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking of the other race Okay, so yeah, it it has big little lies energy. I the I may just end up having to get <laughs> Are you good? talking about the show with um uh, is it little it, fires everywhere? Yeah, you're thinking little fires thinking? everywhere. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's also a great show. That's the one that has big little yeah. lies, yes, is also rich white people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some Rachel's attention yeah, no, in Big Little no, Lies, uh, but not really. The last like five minutes I've been saying. No, I didn't know. Little fires everywhere. Yes. Little fires everywhere is what I was thinking of. Um, yeah. Um, no, but even more so. Big Little Lies. Yeah. Uh, similar vibe. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, foundation for a show that's fine um, is then. Watch the undoing. It's not bad. All right. So. <laughs> I think Elizabeth. It's we'll probably hop yeah, on it. I mean, I I definitely enjoyed watching it. It's definitely the ending's not great, but it's fine. It's it's a it's all about the journey. Yeah. yeah. Um. But but yeah. I mean, if you if you don't have anything else, Corey, I think I think this might be a show, sir. Um, okay. Yeah, how do you feel? Right. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about did did we honor the PS5 um, suitably, sir? I think so. I mean, yeah. it honors itself, really. It does, and it's ginormous. I mean, it's hard to sometimes she it's did. hard to honor it because it's just. I mean, it has its own like gravitational field, and you stop and you try to honor it, yeah. and then you get sucked into it, and then you're mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. thrown off balance. And what's happening? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it is a. I'm I'm excited. See, going forward, I'm excited for you know we got we got some Wolverine, we got some new Spider Mans, we got some Indies, we got some Horizon mm-hmm. Forbidden, some Ragnarok. Yeah, some Ragnaroks, and um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe. And year two of the PS5, we'll see what it looks like. It could be better. It could be worse. It will be one of those things, probably. Um, uh, you know, year from now, when we're hitting what episode like fifty at that point, sir? Oh you know, yeah, no, talking about year two, sixty something. Oh yeah, we'll be in year two, and we'll be, uh, you know, we'll be having a big old retrospective. But uh, yeah, until then, Mister Corey, um, next week. What are we? What are we? We're coming up on Thanksgiving soon, yeah, sir. We're a uh, holiday season, um, and so you know, for listeners, if you um, please 
it in if you have any suggestions of some holiday themed content. But we, you know, we'll have some stuff coming your way, some cozy, oh yeah, some uh, cozy holiday content as well as the long-awaited Goaty discussion. Um, yeah, next week we will have an episode leading into the Thanksgiving holidays, and um, you know, maybe it'll be special. Maybe, of course, it'll be it special. It will be special. It'll be. It will be here regardless of what we're talking about we'll be here and that's special in and of itself being with you Corey, is very special and i love it so back at you buddy i love you dude yeah. um but everybody uh we had a good please do um cory where can people find you on the internet sir i I can be found on a couple of places we have my instagram at hash dot slinging dot thrasher on instagram or at twitter at stay thrashy um welcome to follow me at either or you can follow our our podcast uh twitter page of arcade underscore cozy or is it arcade cozy underscore oh these questions i should know the answers to it is arcade underscore cozy so Give us a follow there, but you can find me at any of those places. Chris, where can our peeps find you? Um, you can find, you can additionally find us at Arcade Cozy on Instagram. Um, you can find me point pixel on Instagram and uh, at Swiss Bonjo on Twitter. Um, I have been tweeting. What have I been tweeting about? My Birkin TV. Um, children pooping in my bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you like that kind of quality content, please, please, uh, run don't to at Swiss Von Joe on Twitter. Uh, do it. But uh, yes, sir. Well, uh, until next week. Um, again. Oh, 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 Corey. One, oh, one, one more thing, thing too. Um, thing too. do you? Um, well, my first. Um. So, also, one more thing. Uh, if you guys, as always, if you guys have any questions, um, concerns, comments, please, please uh, send them over to arcadecozy at gmail.com. We will answer them. Maybe we'll read some questions on the show. Maybe we'll answer them right here in front of everybody. Um, but, I mean, legitimately, if you, guys, if you guys have something to say, reach out. And um, if you show please uh please review it comment it um comment it review it and leave a comment on uh apple Podcasts, uh wherever you currently it always helps we love it um so i have a friend who knows a friend who knows a friend um well to preface this uh i am a huge swifty i love taylor swift i have no guilty pleasures i will i will admittedly say i love taylor swift uh, I had a friend. It, today is currently um, Thursday, November 11th. Um, Taylor Swift's Red doesn't come out till uh, November 12th. But um, I got sent the 10 minute version of All Too Well today. And Chris, I am unwell. Um, it's phenomenal. It's, it's amazing. Go listen to it. It, it was worth a decade long wait for it. Um, yeah, that's all. It's amazing. It's incredible. I am a very casual Taylor Swift fan, but I um there's been a there's been a lot of hype around. It's her best album. Period. Period. 
So yeah, I'm gonna. I'll probably check it out. I may. I mean, all too well. It's our best song. Now there's a 10 minute version of it, and oh, it's like more of a rock ballad now. Okay, it's good. Interesting. I will. Yeah, you should. I've listened to it like six times today, so I've listened to it for an hour. Oh goodness! Look at you. Yeah. Right. But that's all. Uh, that is that is all. That is a show. Um, listeners, um, please email us with your favorite Taylor Swift song. Um, we will we'll sing it on the show next week. Um, I just might, honestly. Until then, please, everybody, have a wonderful week. Enjoy yourself. Play some video yeah. games because apparently do I it. don't do that anymore. Um, I'm too busy for it. Uh, <laughs> you will this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh yeah we love we will see you again all next week all righty bye-bye